Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry and author in residence at Midwestern Seminary. And I'm here as always with my friend and my colleague and my co-host, Ross Ferguson. We're back in the booth again. We're back in the booth after first the holidays. Time, first time in 2024. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. How's, how's the uh, new year shaping up for you? The snow has been nice. I, I've said this before in the podcast. I really like snow. So oh, okay. the fact that we've been pelted with snow in Kansas City, I've really enjoyed the start of the year for that. So <laughs> That's because your commute is like 50 yards. Yeah, I just yeah. Walk, up the, I walk, I walk up a hill. You'd be surprised yeah. how many people on campus drive up the hill and be like, oh, the roads are bad. What do you mean the roads no, are bad? Road. You live on campus. <laughs> the parking lot, the parking lot's bad. <laughs> yeah, no, so I really enjoy it. We've been out with the kids like sledding and snowball fights and things like that. So yeah, the start of New Year's been good. I'm not enjoying the fact that I can't just eat whatever I want. I kind of, yeah, I gave myself the, back into the non-holiday Eat what I want, do plan. what I want, watch what I want. And now yeah. I'm like, mm, now I have to read and study <laughs> and keep fit. So, you know, I'm having those... Those early year blues already. I'm having some trouble easing back in. So last night for dinner, we had Beck made uh, tilapia. It's like a Parmesan-crusted okay. tilapia and asparagus. Okay. Um, which is, you know, yeah, like we're getting, you know, I'm, I'm eating good yeah. again. But afterwards, I was like, you know, there's still some ice cream left in the <laughs> freezer. And I don't want it to just sit there. It needs to be used, you know. We have a lot so of ice cream afterwards. desserts and things still hanging about. And, yeah. you know, we actually sat down with the kids last night, actually, at dinner time. We said, so, you know, we've, we've kind of allowed you to eat what you like, but, you know, we're going to, we're going to try and eat <laughs> less snacks. And then yeah. when we finished the conversation, one of the girls went, okay, so what's for dessert? <laughs> Just like, well, do you know how that little She could come get the ice cream out of my freezer, so I don't have to keep, keep looking at it. Hey, I'll take you up on that. Okay. <laughs> we've got some comments. Some new comments have come in mm -hmm. over uh, the holidays, including this one on Christmas Eve, December 24th, Roy in Alaska. Five stars. Love Ross and the other. I'm, it's I'm, the other guy. I'm assuming it says the other guy. Yeah. Roy is being a little, a little clever. He I says, don't think he's being clever. I think he's being accurate. Yeah, okay. You know? <laughs> keep, up the <laughs> keep up the good work, lads. Great content. Love the banter and biblical encouragement. Keep the episodes coming. Thank you, Roy. We will do our best. This comes from Pastor Pasta. Pastor Pasta. A weekly must listen. Five stars. Pastor Pasta writes, I've been meaning to leave a review, and the latest freeloader comment pushed me to finally do it. Love the guilt trip. You know, it does work. I love this show. I listen every week and am regularly blessed by the thoughtful content. The grab bag episode was a hit. I love the grab bag and the mailbag eps with the more off-the-cuff dialogue. The regular topic episodes are always excellent as well. I do miss the pet peeves. I always am ready for a little dose of snark, but thanks for all you guys give to us. Keep up the great work. Wow, that's very kind, Pastor Pasta. I wasn't sure if you were going to get through that review. You were like slowing down the whole review. Wow. And as you got to the last sentence, are you, are you going to actually read out the last sentence? What is, what's happening? I'm powering down. No, it was like my phone was, I was like having to lower my chin. My, I need to, that's why I picked my phone up. So I, I won't have to do that. Uh, this comes from Bauer Clan, brown bag episode number. Can you read that? Yeah, brown bag episode number one. Brown bag episode number one. Five stars from Bauer Clan. I liked the first grab bag episode and look forward to more. That's good because mm. we're going to record one today. It'll come out pretty soon. This one was timely because my oldest is 17 and a half and interested in a girl from a different tradition. Ooh, I'll skip some of the 
nitty-gritty details here, although I guess they posted this public review, so they're not trying to be too anonymous, I don't suppose. But they found the episode, the the dating advice or the dating discussion yeah. was helpful, Power Clan says. So they say the advice was helpful. Thank you. I'd actually love to hear more about what goes on on campus uh, and what kind of things you're seeing and what advice you have since that will be the next step for their son. I actually have five teenagers in the house. Oh, man. Well, what a blessing. I wonder if we need to do a podcast off just talking about Spurgeon College and Midwestern and our experience of it. Okay. Maybe we should do that. I'll put that on the calendar. <laughs> that okay was very much a, meh. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, I mean, I asked you a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, what do you what do you have some uh, suggestions for topics and well, you I sent some and I was like, all right, we'll do, we'll, we'll do these. <laughs> 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 I'm not above it. Uh, this comes from Burger Not Burger. Burger Not Burger, top-notch podcast for believers, I'm assuming yep. it says. Five stars, a weekly listen for me. If you're looking for a biblical gospel-centered podcast with the perfect blend of head, heart, and humor, then look no further. I've been a reader-listener of Jared's books for a few years, and Ross was my wife's academic advisor for part of her time studying online with MBTS. Listening to this podcast weekly is just another way that these two gents keep making positive impacts on my life. Take a listen. Let them impact yours as well. By the way, big fan of the grab bag episode. Like most listeners, I'm a big fan of the mailbag episodes, and I thoroughly enjoyed the new construct. Keep up the good work. Thanks so much, Burger Not Burger. Turns out the grab bag really is quite popular. Yeah, they like the grab bag. Ralph, five stars. This is an interesting comment. Did yeah. you read this one ahead of time? I, I have, yeah. <laughs> I love FTC and jazz. <laughs> this uh, they, uh, goes as a, as a reference to, I think, the Christmas episode where Ronnie Martin and I talked about Christmas music, and both of us were like, jazz listeners don't listen to our podcast. <laughs> and Ralph begs to differ. He says, I've, I've admittedly been listening to the FTC podcast for a few years now and have abstained from reviewing the podcast, not because I dislike the show or the hosts. On the contrary, I quite like the show and have always appreciated Jared's thoroughly gospel-centered approach to life and ministry, but more because I felt as though I needed plenty of material to review. Well, now that Ronnie Martin has returned, no offense to the candle lighter, <laughs> Ross Ferguson, as I truly love your presence on the show— and a comment was made about those who listen to jazz likely do not listen to the podcast. I am here to confirm I do listen to jazz and the FTC podcast, and I appreciate them both. Five out of five stars, onward and upward. Well, thank you, Ralph, and thanks for not holding a, a, a against us the uh, offhanded jazz comment there. Finally, this comes from Les Stubing. Les Stubing says, the GOAT podcast. Mm, you, know, they, you know what the GOAT means, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. I don't know if you'll have that over there. You have that across the pond? <laughs> the GOAT podcast, five stars for the church podcast, where the hosts have more personality than your Aunt Mildred's cat. Okay, that's... Well, I'm glad of feels, that. Feels like a backhanded <laughs> yeah. compliment, but it's a like a theological roller coaster. One minute you're pondering deep mysteries, and the next you're contemplating which Christmas song is best. Thanks very much. That's the GOAT podcast. We're going yeah. to have to put that in our advertising. You what know? I will say is over the December period, I was seeing people posting their Spotify, like their top five yeah. Spotify, and the amount of my followers <sighs> that didn't have the mm. For the Church podcast in their top five, I was quite disappointed. But then I, I kind of mentioned this, and a few were kind of sending them in. I'll tell you okay. one thing. Never number one, though. Uh, it was always like, hey, yeah. look, look, I've got the For the Church podcast <laughs> in my top five. I was like, why is it number two? Why yeah. is it not number one? So, yeah. uh, you, know, you know what? 
if they're listening, I'm I'm thankful. Okay, they they probably listen to it more than I do. So. Well, I'll tell I'll tell you. <laughs> I was sitting in our house, and I'm going to say this. I was okay. sitting in our house with a few people, and I was saying, "Oh, you know, the podcast is is doing well. We're really enjoying it." And somebody actually said, "I've actually unsubscribed. I don't really listen anymore." Oh, and I man. just looked at them. Wait, and went, is there someone in your household? No, not someone oh. in the household, but someone someone we both know. And I was sitting okay. there going, "Really? Like, <laughs> why would you even tell me that?" Wait, and back I can, up. Where was this again? So that we invited people around oh, to our okay, house. Okay, okay, okay. Is, is, is this a church person? Church member. Oh, man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, that burns my brain. And then somebody else went, but I've started listening. I was like, okay, okay. we're going to ignore this person. Now, you, yeah, you. That's right. Let's, let's hear your, and they love the grab back. So. Coming on board. Yeah. Okay. So if you have unsubscribed and don't listen, well, you don't need to tell us. Uh, no, yeah. but you know what we should do when someone says that? We should think the best of them. Oh, what a transition. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you said that. What are we going to do? We're going to dog somebody who doesn't listen to the podcast and then go, let's talk about thinking the best of each other. <laughs> Maybe, you know what? They're too busy evangelizing and that's they don't have enough time for podcasts. And, sure. You know, or something like that. Yeah, that's today's uh, topic. I, I emailed you a little yeah. while back and I was like, hey, you know, looking for some suggestions for and you did some crowdsourcing, or I did. you asked the ladies in your house or did, something, yeah. and your your wife and yeah. her sister. Or yeah, we were in it? the UK, and it was uh, Miriam's sister that, that gave us some ideas. She yeah. is a prolific podcast listener. Okay. Um, she travels to work. She's a doctor, and our commute is over an hour both ways. So uh -huh. she listens to audiobooks, loads of podcasts. And so she gave us some ideas just from the perspective of, you know, what I don't really hear and, and some conversations that she has um, yeah. from all the things she listens to. Well. And this was one of the suggestions, thinking the best of each other, mm. how to advocate for each other or think the best of each other. What were they thinking? Like, what was the the premise, I guess, or the so, impetus for this particular Yeah, subject? the conversation, she had heard a podcast, you couldn't can't remember kind of where it was from, but it was called the, the hermeneutic of suspicion. Okay. And it was this idea that uh, as Christians, we, we come to each other skeptical of what we say, what we do. Mm. We're, we're always thinking the negative or or just we're just suspicious of what we hear or or actions that we've seen and really the question is is that biblical to have this perspective of a, a brother or sister in christ you know we're not sure if we believe you we're not sure if you would do this this sense of actually we don't think the best of each other now that's very much a worldly perspective yeah. like that people are suspicious of one another you know even if you think about the political realm you know people are always suspicious of of things people say but should that be a christian behavior should that be seen in the church now the answer is really easily no we shouldn't be suspicious of of one another but why do we behave that way and how do we make sure that we don't behave that way, the opposite, that we think the best of each other. So it comes from that. It comes from something yeah. that she's kind of uh, garnered from other things. And, and uh, you know, the, the hermeneutic of suspicion, always thinking the worst rather than the best. You know, the first thing that I thought of when, um, you know, you sent this uh, idea over was Christians on social media mm -hmm. and the way, like, we read into yeah. things people say or what they didn't say, or we assign because someone's a part of a particular tribe. Mm -hmm. We think, oh, they think like that, or they're one of those people. And so everything just gets colored, yeah. you know, through through that lens. I've been the victim of that. I'm sure that I've done that before where I just, you know, in a, in a way write someone off or just read something in the worst possible light. And it And it's so, you know, it's so common in that arena. And yet... In the church, it's it's 
we carry it around in yeah. you know in our church communities as as well. I don't know if you have any stories that you're willing to share about something like this, but I've got one. Go for it. Sure. Go for it. <laughs> well, it's it's actually like a comparison story. So there's an older lady in one of my previous congregations who I just noticed, like we had a good rapport. Mm-hmm. Um, we were pretty close. And then I just noticed like one Sunday she didn't say anything to me and was mm-hmm. kind of withdrawn. And, you know, that happens one Sunday. You're like, oh, you know, they're busy or whatever. Yeah. It happens another Sunday and you're like, oh, that's this is a thing. And then a third Sunday. And eventually I was like, okay, she's kind of withdrawn. She's kind of cold, mm-hmm. you know, towards me. And and I wonder, like, you know, if there's something that has happened. And so I just approached her and I, you know, and I, and I just asked her, like, have I done something to offend you? Just notice that, you yeah. know, you haven't been as, you know, close or friendly or. And she kind of like acted relieved that I yeah. approached her. Like she was just saying, you know, yes, I'm, I'm sorry. I should have approached you, mm-hmm. but. She goes, a few weeks back, I was telling you about this ministry that I was wanting to start, or she was doing some charitable work, and I won't be super specific here, but she was telling me about the the outline of this charitable work that she was going to do. And we had talked about that previously, and I thought she knew I was supportive of that mm-hmm. and everything. But in this one particular conversation, she was giving me an update, and she said, you just stood there nodding your head saying, interesting, interesting, interesting. And she said... Um, I felt so dismissed by that. I just felt yeah. like you would rather be someplace else. You weren't listening to me. It was just so hurtful that yeah. I was trying to tell you about something that's really, you know, close to me. And it comes out of a personal tragedy in her her mm. her, her life, this heart that she has for this particular area of, of ministry. And in her mind, like her experience of that conversation was her pastor was just, you know, yeah. kind of tuned out yeah. and not, not paying attention. Well, I remember the conversation that we had. And what I remember is I was— listening and thinking that what she was saying was really interesting, <laughs> which is why I was nodding my head going, interesting, interesting. But her experience of it was, yeah. for whatever reason, that was triggering or that just, yeah, yeah. it sounded like I wasn't listening. And she walked away going, he he doesn't care. Yeah. And she carried that around for like a month. Like, I I, I did care. I was yeah. listening. And, but, and if I hadn't gone to her and said something to her, I don't know. Like, she yeah. just would have thought, oh, you know, my pastor doesn't care about me yeah. or he thinks that's stupid. And I, you know, and and I wish she had thought the best, or yeah. at least came and asked me, you know, yeah, hey, yeah. this is what how that made me feel, you know, is that so that I could say, oh, I'm so sorry that I didn't mean to make you feel yeah. that way. I, you know, I don't, I don't feel that way. There was another older lady, much older, in fact, late 80s, who was in church one Sunday morning, and I was speaking on singleness or something mm-hmm. like that. I made some kind of comment and illustration. I was talking about how sex outside of marriage is sinful. And I made a comment about Becky and I have um, having had, you know, friends before who were divorced, older mm-hmm. and divorced, who somehow decided that sex outside of marriage wasn't wrong because they had already had sex inside of marriage. And that was like, I don't know, they broke okay. that seal, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's okay. It's a free-for-all. And I was talking about how, like, it's still a sin. But mm-hmm. this lady heard me saying the opposite. Okay. And she came up to me after the service and she said, Pastor, I just want to ask you, are you saying that if somebody— has been married before and they're a, a, yeah. a widower or a widow or, or they're divorced, that it's that sex outside of marriage for them is okay. And I, <laughs> I was like, oh, my word, no. I was, I was saying the exact opposite yeah. of that. And she goes, oh, okay. Well, she goes, that's what I thought, but I thought you you were saying yeah. the other day. And I thought, I, I've not, you know, I'd never heard that before. And, yeah. and it know. is that jumping to conclusion kind of situation. So, yeah. I, so I've had one of those. But she, she came and asked for clarity. Yeah. That, that's the difference. Yeah, you know the what I mean? Like, I different. think I heard this, but let me make sure. But you know? people don't always right. do that clarity. So I remember one situation where a church member, uh, their 
a family member of theirs was was close to death and they had been witnessing to them quite quite strongly and I was called over to the the, the, the house because this family member had passed away and, and the church member wanted to talk about it. And and just when the, the individual was talking, they were sharing, you know, I, I did share the gospel for them, you know, I, I just don't know if, if they gave their life to the Lord. And and in a an intention to to comfort my church member, I said, Well, that's something that you have to leave before the Lord. As in you don't know, yeah. only God knows. And and we don't we don't know. Maybe, maybe your family member is in heaven. We'll have to just leave that before God. And I would encourage you to keep living your life daily. Unknown to me, for the next year and a half, this church member viewed what I had said as in, well, anyone can get into heaven and uh, <laughs> it's just God gets to decide that. Yeah. And even to the point where this church member actually ended up leaving our church, held that against me the whole 18 months of that process and actually would share to people I don't know if you should listen to him because he just thinks he everyone gets yeah. to heaven. And it was one of those in the individual's emotions and, and just struggles of life, heard something that I actually didn't say and don't believe and then held on to it for so long that it actually became a kind of bitter thing, thought the worst rather yeah. than clarify, thought the worst. But in, in us sharing these stories, one thing I've realized is we haven't shared when we uh, had a suspicion or we didn't think the best. And I, I want to share one because okay. I feel like that's appropriate to to not just say other people do this, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. we do this. Okay. Recently, we had the the pastoral training center, the PTC, that the Liberty Baptist runs. We had a, a preaching lab. And as we're coming to the preaching lab, uh, probably across the five or six guys that were preaching, I probably have the most experience in, in preaching. But as I was coming in, I was thinking, I, I'm quite nervous for one of the guys. I was I was kind of worried about him because, you know, there's a bit of pressure, you know, you're, yeah. you're doing a preaching lab. And I remember even sharing with my wife, I'm, I'm kind of worried. I'm, I'm not sure how he's going to be. I've been really praying for him. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, I'll be fine because <laughs> I've done lots of preaching okay. and this guy's going to really struggle. So I, I didn't think the best. I, I was mm. hoping for the best, but I was assuming that this guy wasn't maybe going to do particularly well because of his lack of experience. He ends up knocking it out of the park and preaching <laughs> literally the best sermon off off the group. And I was thinking, I always remember thinking afterwards, I think I was praying incorrectly. Hmm. As in, I'm thinking he's not going to do well. I, I really need to pray for him that the Lord would bless him. Now, yeah. maybe those those prayers were, were maybe good Maybe the things. prayers were answered. Maybe that's answered. why I did well. <laughs> but, but I started not yeah. thinking the best, thinking, man, his inexperience, this is his opportunity. I, I reckon he's going to do a great job. He'll rise to it. Yeah. I wasn't thinking like that. Mm. I was thinking maybe the inexperience will, will be overwhelming in this situation. Yeah. And it's just reminding ourselves that we can kid ourselves thinking, oh, well, I'm praying for them. But actually what we're thinking is we're thinking the worst and that's why they need prayer. We're not actually thinking the best going, yeah, they'll be great. God will bless them. I, I'm looking forward to hearing the sermon, you know? Yeah. So I, what I'm saying is we've had these experiences, but I know I also think of people not always in the very best way. And I'll kid myself by going, uh, uh, but I'm praying for them. Yeah. But I'm, I'm praying because I'm thinking the worst, <laughs> you know? I think for me, it, where this plays out more is just in assigning motives to someone based on an experience that I had with them. Yeah. They either were short or they or did something that I felt was rude mm. or neglectful or something. And instead of thinking, oh, they just, it was an off moment or yeah. they had a bad day, I immediately go to, well, they don't like me or yeah. there's something, you know, there's something wrong here or they're doing something wrong. And I think that is so epidemic in churches mm -hmm. because 
not only do we just have the normal human experience of wanting others to treat us well or, or to, to in some ways center around us, but we add the, the added layer of we spiritualize yeah. everything. And so this is you know, certainly true. Man, the example that you gave about the you know, person who misheard what you said yeah, or yeah, reinterpreted yeah. what you said and held it against you for 18 months, like, man, that hits close to home. And it's so, so common that somebody would take something that they think they heard or yeah. thought they heard or thought that you did or whatever it was and immediately go universalist or yeah. immediately go disqualify, you know, yeah. whatever it is. And hold on to that and tell others about it. And, yep. man, that is so common because of this lack of thinking the best. You know? Here's my question with this. You know, this this is common. It's, it's members of churches. It's pastors doing it. There's no kind of role or age that this, you know, that you can be and say, I don't do this. So many people do this. My question is, what does this kind of suspicion or this doubt or this questioning attitude do to the church? So yeah. what, what do you think is the kind of outcome result of this within the church and, and how we behave. Not just that they, that it happens, but yeah. what does it produce? Well, it certainly erodes any kind of real biblical unity. Even if you have uh, uh, an alleged unity around doctrine, that's the bare minimum that the mm. New Testament calls us to as a church, that we would have a harmony. I'm thinking of like Romans 15, Paul saying that you would live in such harmony with one another. And that certainly includes the harmony of doctrine that we are united there, but it's something sweeter than that as as well, right? So in in Romans twelve, where he says, "Outdo one another, showing mm-hmm. honor," and I mean it's such an imperative of like the goal of experiencing unity in the church is that we would be trying to, in some ways, out honor each mm-hmm. other, and yet our flesh is always having us sort of yeah. even just internally dishonor each other, you know, even if just in our imagination. Or First Corinthians 13, like, love believes all things, mm-hmm. that we would believe the best yeah. about somebody. Yeah. So I would think the experience of, of that in a church is it just reduces the experience of church to a program and yeah. not to actually a family and yeah. not to a body or not to the harmony of, of mm-hmm. unity. Mm-hmm. I was thinking um, 1 Peter 4, 8, keep loving one another earnestly since mm-hmm. love covers a multitude of sins. I was thinking about this, that when love isn't in that place, then sins aren't covered, mm. which means they're, they, they bubble to the surface. Now, I'm not saying that they, that, you know, we're meant to hide them. What I'm saying is they're covered, they're, they're, they're washed, they're, they're, not, they're, they're dealt with. We don't have to consider them. But when love isn't there, it all bubbles to the surface. And so in, in some senses, when we think the worst of each other and, and, and when we when we have suspicion of our behavior, we actually almost create the sins we, or, or we elevate the sins in that person's life and say, you know, look how bad they are. Look, look how their sins are bubbling to the surface. When actually a, a biblical response is, I know they're bad. I know I am bad, but I'm going to choose to, to love them. And, and I'll give an example. There is an individual that, that I'm aware of, not, not part of our church, but kind of just part of our community, if you will, of, of believers that we know, who has been just recently kind of going through some sinful trials and has admitted to them and, and, and is dealing with it. Now, I can choose to view that individual through the sins that they've just admitted. And if, if I'm honest, if I do that, I don't know if I'm going to share information with this person. I, I don't know if I'm really going to spend mm-hmm. time with them. I don't even know if I think I would invite them into my own family home. I think I would allow those sins to bubble to the surface of my mind and I would struggle really to connect with this individual. Or 
I can choose to love them through this trial of of their admitted sin and say, you know, if if Christ is forgiven you, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and you're walking in motion with Christ, why why would I choose to live in a different way and to to tarnish you consistently because oh, did you hear what they did? You know, right. where love covers that. And I think within a church, that's one of the things I I would say is historically members meetings would often have sins bubbling to the surface or I would assume, oh, look, they're angry. Here we yeah. go again. And the issue was I wasn't covering things with love and others weren't covering things with love. And I think that's that's what thinking the worst of each other does. It Where does that come from, do you think? Picture. I mean, what's the, what's the source of that? I mean, I think it's a kind of self-centrality where we become, yeah. our feelings become sort of the arbiter of whether people are justified or not justified, in or yeah. out, you know, we're yeah. determining, you know, someone's in our good graces or they're not. Yeah. But there's probably other elements at play. Yeah, I do, I do feel it's a little bit of a blame game sometimes. So so I was, th- and kind of a, a push away from us, I was thinking of Adam in, in the garden. God, it's the woman you gave me, you mm. know, it's the, rather than, man, yeah, I did this, God, I, you know, I'm sorry. It's not the woman you gave me, it's that blame game. I think we don't really want to consider our own sin. So for instance, the example I gave of the member that, that kind of twisted my words, I was aware that they had this view. I actually never went to visit them and say, I think I might have messed up my words there. Oh, interesting. I don't know if I, I said that right. You, you seem to have taken this. I want to be very clear. I do not believe that. And, and this is what I meant to say. But, you know, in the moment, maybe I said it, badly maybe i wasn't as good so you, you know. knew they thought this i knew I th- they thought this but wow. but i if i'm honest i didn't have the guts to say i, I think i got that one wrong i think i didn't uh-huh. quite phrase that right and again it's just easy for us to go man their issue not me and yeah. it's this self-centered refusal to look at self it's that yeah. actually i can't look at me because if i look at me i realize how bad i am and you just think that in a church setting it's really easy to walk in and go, well, they're close to church discipline and, and they've been disciplined and look how they raise their family. And and you're you're thinking the worst of them because if you if you're honest with yourself, if you look at your own life, you think, if only they knew. I find it very challenging. And Jesus says you're going to present your offering on the altar mm-hmm. and you remember that your brother has something against you. Yeah. Go and make it right with your brother. Yeah. Because my attitude sometimes is like, well, they're the one with the problem. They should come to me. If they have an yeah. issue with me, then they should come talk to me about yeah. it. And Jesus kind of puts the, yeah. the impetus like, no, if you know they have something against you, yeah. you, you need to go to them. I think Philippians 2 is really important here. So Philippians 2, 3 to 4, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant yourself. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but the interests of others. <clears throat> the, the commands here are really interesting because we hear the commands of, you know, consider others more significant, think of others' interests. But the reason those commands are there is the first half of the verses, which is the negatives, which is don't do our rivalry and conceit. So we tend to bring in rivalry and conceit living within the church. Don't look to your own interests, but to others, because we tend to look to our own interests. And I think when we deal with other people, I think it's just really easy to try and raise ourselves to the surface as the best and push others down. And because of that, we then think the worst of others. Yeah. If they're if they're bad at here, that means I'm better. And there's just this self-centered approach of making ourselves look, look great. So here's just a, a kind of another example of uh, maybe of how to handle that just even in the workplace. So we have a system at, at work that I can 
log into every single class, every single assignment, and, and see if somebody's completed an assignment and, and what they did. Now, because I'm a, a current student, there is a bit of a danger there, oh, a bit of yeah, a temptation, yeah. because I can log in and literally see everything. Now, to avoid the air of suspicion and doubt, I've asked that my rights to be able to look at that is removed. So I actually now can't look at that. So there's a part of my job I can't do because I don't want that. And that's sometimes how you have to deal with this. How do you remove the air of suspicion and doubt? Sometimes you're going to have to completely remove the situation so that it cannot touch you. Mm. But in church family, you can't really do that no. because you're living with each other all the time. So it can't just be a outside. You can go to a different service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you believe I heard Tim that. Keller brought that up once. Like, yeah. We have different services so people who, who can't make peace with each other can you know, can avoid each other at the same church. Like, oh man, that's yeah. convicting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think that's the thing is in church, we can't just put this out of sight, out of mind. We can't just say, oh, I, I struggle with that person because they did this in the past. I just won't connect with them. Yeah. You can't just wipe people out. You can wipe a system out, but you can't wipe people out. So the big question really is, how do we move from this daily thinking the worst of people, thinking the worst of situations, being suspicious over what you hear to actually living a life of, I'm going to choose to always think the best. Yeah, That's a big jump. Yeah, it, it takes, I think, a, right, uh, a right-sized orientation around the gospel because if, if I'm in touch with the grace that God has given me, it's more evident to myself how hypocritical I'm being to not give grace to others. Mm. It, you know, no one has a bigger offense against another party than I do against God. Mm. You know, I mean, I, we've all sinned. And so our sin that divorces us from God is a greater offense than anyone's sin against me. Yeah. And yet God in his mercy, God in his grace sends his son to die for me, to give me that reconciliation, to give me the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, to bring me into right standing with him to justify me. Mm. And so for me to turn around and treat other people like, you know what, you really got to measure up yeah. to get in my good graces is really like a slap in the face of yeah. of grace. I, I think this is why, or it's just how I've chosen to take it. But in that Romans 15 passage, Paul says to welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Mm. And so my mind immediately goes to, okay, how has Christ welcomed me? Well, he doesn't hold me at arm's length. Yeah. He, he doesn't just like tolerate me. He has graciously embraced me. He he rejoices in me. And if that's how he's welcomed me, and Paul's saying, welcome each other this way, yeah. then that removes the opportunity, or at least it removes the the okayness of treating other people yeah. with a kind of suspicion or yeah. the kind of, well, you know, what have you done for me lately? Or I'm taking that, you know, you disappointed me. So And Christ did challenge people. There was you know, we're not sure. saying, you know, don't don't help don't people. Don't hear what we're not saying yeah. and don't go put it on on the internet, <laughs> on right? The internet. Think the best of us. Think of the best of what we're trying to say. You know, we're, we're not saying, oh, just put a smile on your face, go into church and treat everybody lovely and everything's hunky-dory. You know, we're not trying to yeah. make everything look pretty. There's going to be moments in church life you're going to have to come alongside people and say, hey, what, what, what are you doing? Why are you doing this behavior? Do you know that you've done this? Yeah. But none of that's a... You leap to that. And and I would say I personally do struggle with that. You know, I, I struggle with the, they did this or they said this, so that must mean. And I've had to learn to stop the, and that must mean. Yeah. Because that's, that's all. We self. write stories for other people. Like we yeah. categorize them. Yeah. Maybe, and, and maybe it's based on a bad experience at mm. some point or something, but we just sort of, we put them under a label and then everything that happens, they that. say, 
We just filter yep. through that label, and it, it's not fair. Well, n- none of us wants to be yeah. treated that way. Yep. So why would we want to treat others yeah. that way? You know. And I, I, I'm thinking, you know, if we thought the best of each other, how would your your church situation be? And I, just recently, I went and did a, a pulpit supply for a church, and and they had this kind of slightly odd situation where all their pastors retired pretty much at the same time. Wow, it was okay. like three of them all retired in the same huh. year, so they're in this situation. You know, they're they're doing a, a pastoral search for two, I think, I believe. And when I asked the question, oh, you know, I kind of went, oh, that's it's kind of a bit odd. They all retired at the same time. I'm in my mind going. This church lost three pastors yeah, in one what year. Did y'all do? What, what did you all do? <laughs> and the, the response I got from the members was, you know, man, that was such great ministry. We're so blessed to have had them. I'm, we're so blessed that they've they've been able to retire. God is really blessing us now to be able to to search for the next generation, for the next 20 years. And I'm sitting there going, I thought, I'm about to preach in this church with a suspicion of what happened last year. Mm-hmm. And they're all going, God is just blessing us. And I just, I, it, it was a challenge to me to think, imagine if we were like that all of us in mm-hmm, church and mm-hmm. just when we don't see this negative thing, we see this blessing that God has given us the next opportunity. And I just thought that's a real challenge with this kind of kind of podcast, thinking the best of one another. How would our churches change? How would our family life change? How would we personally change when we think the best of each other? And, and the biggest thing I thought of, it just removes this sense of negative life, do you know, that trudging through life of... Yeah. Imagine if your day wasn't filled with the internal monologue of other people's issues and what that then means. I just feel like that would be such a kind of peaceful life. Yeah. Some people are, I think they seem addicted to that drama. Yeah. They're addicted to that. It gives them a purpose. It gives yeah. them something to, a cause, even if just, um, again, again, even if it's just internal. Yeah. Yeah. And and that in itself is, again, I think a, a failure to be awed by Christ. Mm-hmm. If we're not occupied with his glory, we're going to find these other little yeah. inter- entertainments yeah. in our life. And there's probably some sort of, I don't know, pathology mm-hmm. related to why that's the particular mm-hmm. entertainment that somebody wants. But yeah. maybe that's subject for another episode someday. I, I think it's also media. If you Addicted think Addicted to it. drama, we'll do that one. <laughs> Social media and the addiction to drama. That sounds much better than my earlier uh, suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> Which was what? Tell everyone about Midwestern Seminary. <laughs> Tell, oh. <laughs> an episode about seminary or an episode about we the could do addiction of drama? Why not? Sure. You know, this is a pretty drama-free environment. It, sure. Uh, I'm going to think, <laughs> think the best of everyone think and think the best. the best of that. Okay, I'll say in my corner. Okay, yeah. It's a very drama-free I, environment. So I, I, I work a lot with students, and so students just have a lot oh, of drama yeah, yeah, yeah. in their students lives. Students are very yeah. dramatic. But, I mean, it, it's just so interesting. I daily have this where people say, so I'm thinking about dropping a class, and instantly the hackles are up, and I'm suspicious as to why. And it's just, I, I think it's really important that we don't mm-hmm. live like that, that I always think if if Christ knows everything about me and he approaches me without the, oh, here he goes again, you know, I don't think he'll be able to do it today. But Christ doesn't approach me like that. He welcomes me openly every day. Uh, Mercies are new every single morning. And it's just that reminder, well, let's treat others like that. If if Christ is, is not doubtful over us, why should we be doubtful over others? And that's a big challenge. If, yeah. if you ever want a year kind of resolution, you know that we don't really believe in them. <laughs> but if you did uh, want one, I mean, that's that's a big one, isn't it? That that we choose to consider others in the best light rather than the worst light. Yeah, that's good. In the light of grace. If you enjoy the podcast, dear listener, give us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Maybe you'll hear it 
on the program. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church. 